This is The Drive with Josh Graham podcast. Tune into The Drive weekday afternoons 3 to 7 on Sports Hub Triad. We've got a ton of football today with former NFL head coach Wade Phillips joining the show in 30 minutes. But now that we're through the first wave of free agency, I've explored every NFL roster and I've got eight teams. I believe represent the bottom third of the league. Now, I reserve the right to change my mind on the bottom eight of the league until after the draft takes place. Obviously, there are going to be some moving parts there, some injuries in training camp. But as of today, this is where I believe we're at. These are the eight teams I think are going to be in the running for the grand prize of Clemson quarterback Trevor Lawrence in next year's draft. It's in no particular order, the Cincinnati Bengals, Miami Dolphins, New York Giants, Jacksonville Jaguars, Detroit Lions, Carolina Panthers, New England Patriots, and Washington Redskins. Those teams, I believe, to represent the bottom third of the league, and here's how I narrow it down to figure out who the front runner is today for Trevor Lawrence. Of those eight teams I listed, six would draft a quarterback. The two that won it, the Miami Dolphins and the Cincinnati Bengals. Joe Burrow, he's going to go number one. The Dolphins, if Tua Tagovailoa is there, they're going to draft him. If it's not Tua, they'll take Justin Herbert in all likelihood. So those two teams I don't think would be in the market for a quarterback, even if they're the worst team in the league. So they are out of the running. The Giants and Redskins absolutely would go quarterback if this season goes so bad that they're the number one pick, even though Daniel Jones and Dwayne Haskins were taken in the first round a year ago. Detroit, they're an interesting deal. Matt Stafford is continuing to get older. I suspect if they get a new head coach, which is definitely going to happen if they're the worst team in the league, they're also going to reset quarterback as well and draft somebody to be Stafford successor. So six of those eight teams I listed would draft a quarterback. That's knocking out a fourth of the potential contenders for Trevor. Of the remaining six, half of those teams have new coaching staffs. The New York Giants, the Carolina Panthers, and the Washington Redskins. This is going to be major now that the coronavirus is affecting off-season activities. If OTAs doesn't happen, if camp is affected, the teams that are going to be hurt the most are the teams with new head coaches, with new quarterbacks. The Carolina Panthers, they are the only team in the NFL right now that is scheduled to or expected to have a new head coach and a new starting quarterback in the same year. The only team that's expected to happen. So it's going to hurt those three teams the most. The Patriots, there's too much culture, too much continuity on the staff to expect them to be god-awful. The Jacksonville Jaguars, I think they're going to be bad. I think they're tanking. But you return a quarterback in Minshew, you return your head coach with Doug Marone, that coach is going to try and save his job, which I think is going to be just enough for them to to eclipse the efforts of those who are also tanking and also don't have the continuity that the Jaguars do. 
So we're down to the Giants, Panthers, and Redskins. Two of those teams have new head coaches with no NFL experience. The Redskins, of course, have Rivera. Jack Del Rio is a defensive coordinator, also with head coaching experience. So you have Joe Judge with the Giants, first-time NFL coach. Matt Rule, first-time coach with the Panthers. At least Joe Judge, though, hired Jason Garrett to be his offensive coordinator. Head coaching experience, Daniel Jones. He played quarterback last year. So there's at least some familiarity with how this works that Carolina just isn't privy to. Matt Rule, Joe Brady, coming from the college ranks, that doesn't help either. And Carolina leads the league at this moment in dead cap hit with the retirement of Luke Keekley, with a couple million from Cam Newton hitting the dead cap. Greg Olson, the dead cap, Carolina's at over $36 million, plus Teddy Bridgewater at quarterback. So I think today, for that reasoning, Carolina is the front runner to draft Trevor Lawrence, number one in the draft in 2021. You can tweet the show at Sports Up Triad. 336-777-1600 is the phone number. Did you see the picture on social media last night of Cam Newton that has raised all sorts of eyeball emojis, getting a ton of attention? Have you seen this, Robert? Robert Walsh, the producer of this show, Aaron Gabriel in the control room. Uh, I'm assuming you're talking about him and Tyrod with the sky in the background, and it's very artistic. It looks yes. like one of Cam's photographers took yes. it. Yes, I believe. Cam to the Chargers, it's just going to be a matter of details. This is going to get figured out. All along, the Chargers have always been the favorite for me here. We've acknowledged a lot of teams that could potentially reach out to Cam. The Chargers, they've always made the most sense. Everybody I've talked to has said the L.A. Chargers and Cam, it's a perfect marriage. This photo, I think, just tells us everything we need to know. First off, shout out to Cam and Tyrod. Practicing social distancing while warming up. You see those two? They're working out. They're six feet apart. It looks like they're going to be teammates. So it's not official. I don't have any information that says Cam is a charger, but everything is pointing in that direction. It's been a fun day in the studio. Weird day in the studio. Our general manager, Jenny, she brought in a karaoke machine and... As I'm trying to prepare for the show, we took requests on Twitter for karaoke songs. And Robert, do you want to give the people a taste of what we came up with so far? Now, I've said it. I'm a karaoke enthusiast. That doesn't mean I'm a good singer. I'm going to acknowledge that on the front end. But give me some of what happened in our studios a short while ago. But I know. I'll get through this Cause I know that I am strong Oh, I don't need you anymore Good callback to yesterday's show I don't show. need you anymore Sarah Sivian, she suggested that I don't need you anymore No, I don't need you anymore Do you believe after love. Do you, Aaron? No. 
No, I don't. Especially after that rendition, probably does not. Does not help my faith. <laughs> Why are you a karaoke enthusiast again? You just love it? Just I love have it? no shame. That's fair. It's fun. I, I do radio, man. It's all about showmanship. I have showmanship. I don't have singing ability. Yeah, but the difference in karaoke is like you have to do it in front of people. Right. And like radio, you're here by yourself. I actually believe the other song I chose was pretty good. Like, I thought this sounded okay, if I'm being honest. Let me play among the stars. Let me see what spring is like on a Jupiter and Mars. In other words, hold my hand. I think I'm nailing it. I'm looking at your faces right now. I think I'm nailing this right now. To the wall. <laughs> to the wall. How's it sound? 336-777-1600. Josh is in here snapping his finger in the studio. Like yeah. Yeah, that's art. Yeah, that's really lounge singer it up. Somebody signed, somebody signed that guy to a contract. Sinatra is rolling over in his grave. On Twitter at SportsUpDryan. Okay, do you guys think you could do any better? Uh, in the privacy of my own house, maybe in a shower, sure. Oh, man, I'm a fantastic shower singer. But I would never ridicule myself to the public. Wait, you say you are a professional singer, Aaron. You're paid to sing songs. That's what I do. So you feel like you could do better than me? Uh, I'm a modest guy, Josh Graham. You did an outstanding job. Okay, next segment, I want Aaron to sing a karaoke song for us. Next segment. 336-777-1600. Tell us what song Aaron should be singing on Twitter at Sports Up Triad. Big guy over here. <laughs> I'm interested in what Wade Phillips' go-to karaoke song is. You know that guy sings some country music. <laughs> I bet you he sings some Waylon. Maybe a little Skinner. Are you going to try to get him to sing a song? Or I don't gonna... know. We'll see where it goes. He's, he's a very fun guy to talk to, Wade Phillips. So we'll talk football and we'll have some fun with him. But what should Aaron Gabriel be singing in our next segment? That is the question. On Twitter, at SportsUpTriad, 336-777-1600, be in the phone number. While we try to figure that out, coming up, there is evidence that quarterback play is better and easier than it's ever been before. This is The Drive. We've known for months that this NFL free agency period was going to be unlike anyone we've seen before. The closest the NFL's come to the NBA, having stars and specifically quarterbacks available left and right. But I don't even think a month ago we could have seen where we're at right now in terms of the quarterback market that's still available. This is the first time in NFL history that I can remember where the quarterback supply has been higher than the demand. It's simple economic supply and demand, but right now every team seems to be good where they're at at quarterback despite there being good quarterbacks available to teams. Like we knew... 
that Tom Brady was going to be a valuable asset. We knew Philip Rivers, et cetera, et cetera, Ryan Tannehill getting re-signed. But I don't think anybody had, on March 27th, Cam Newton, Andy Dalton, Joe Flacco, all being available right now. All of them being available and Jameis Winston for teams to pick up. Nobody seems to want these quarterbacks. If you just if you told me this, Robert, last year, that the quarterback class would be Cam, Dalton, Flacco, and Winston in 2020, those would be the quarterbacks available. I'd still say that class would exceed many of the others we've seen in the NFL. Like we've seen Peyton Manning decide to go elsewhere, and now we've seen Tom Brady. But before this year, we haven't seen this many former Super Bowl MVPs, number one overall picks, being available on the market. First-round draft picks. And that's what we have right now. Plus, Jadavion Clowney still is available for teams. It is an unprecedented free agency era. Yeah, usually you're looking at guys who they might have been first round picks, but they're like Sam Bradford, you know. But now you've Bust. got guys who could. I mean, even Flacco, the dude's a former MVP, and if you aren't okay with him being your backup, Super Bowl MVP. That's a Super Bowl MVP. Either way, I hate when you correct me. Uh, if you're not okay with him being your backup, I don't know what you want. This it's the first time quarterback supply has been higher than demand, and I think a lot of it has to do with quarterback play never being this good across the board and this easy. It's better for the reasons a lot of things get better as time goes on. Malcolm Gladwell is one of my favorite authors. I haven't had a chance to read much of his new book, but I bought it, Talking with Strangers. But his most noteworthy book is Outliers, and in there he had the 10,000 hours. I think you have more players throwing footballs at younger ages than you had before. You have more quarterback camps. You have more specialization. And what that's done is allowed for more guys to play at an elite level in high school, college, and the NFL. How many true freshman quarterbacks have we seen in, uh, seen go into college football and be able to play at the highest level? Like Tua Tagovailoa, he steps into the national title game, and he's just slinging it. Trevor Lawrence last year. Guys, they are prepared better in high school with quarterback camps than they've been at any other point in football history. But that can be true, and also the game has gotten easier. Rule changes and college offenses becoming more and more popular in the NFL has made the game easier for quarterbacks. That's why I don't like comparing quarterbacks from the 90s to the ones today. Because... You can get hit a lot more than you could get hit in the NFL back then. That's why Brett Favre Street is still so amazing to me. You can get popped left and right. Today, they try to protect everybody, and that's why quarterbacks feel comfortable playing like Tom Brady at 43 years old and signing a two-year deal. Drew Brees playing into his 40s. Now, there are exceptions to that. Vinny Testaverde played a damn long time. Warren Moon the same way. But it the rule changes have made it easier to play quarterback. College offenses becoming more popular as well. It's allowed for different kinds of quarterbacks to enter the league. I don't think 10 years ago, Lamar Jackson's a quarterback that's even taken 
in the draft. But since you see Cam Newton having a lot of success, you see RG3, what he can do before getting injured, your opinions change in the league. General managers are more able to take a risk if they've seen examples of it working. Shorter quarterbacks. I don't think Baker Mayfield's the number one pick, if not for Drew Brees, if not for Russell Wilson. So the prototypical quarterback model has shifted as well. That's opened the doors to more guys with more competition. The overall quality of play goes up, and now you have a place where demand is lower than the supply. Cam Newton, Andy Dalton, Joe Flacco, and Jameis Winston currently on the market without teams. In 10 minutes, we're going to be joined by Wade Phillips, former NFL coach. Aaron Gabriel is going to sing a karaoke song for us on Twitter at Sports Up Triad if you want to send in submissions, potential songs you could play, 336-777-1600. I've never seen your band perform yet. Shame on you. Disappointed by this. DJ Turner, our production manager, he has, though. So let's let's get a microphone on him real quick. Where did you see Aaron's band performing in the last month or so? Uh, Boston's Jazz Bar, I believe. How would you describe the performance? Insane. It's more than a concert. It is pure entertainment. He's a showman. Uh, I was blown away. Give me some specific things that blew you away. Uh, vocally, I was pretty impressed. His blues numbers were really good. Um, the song I was most impressed with was when he uh, they broke out this real uh, funky version of Fame by David Bowie. Oh, wow. By far my favorite song of the entire night. And uh, he pretty much struts around like uh, Mick Jagger. <laughs> He's got moves like Jagger. Aaron, was this what you were going for? Uh, I take it. I don't know. I take it because Mick Jagger is one of those people that you watch, you know, you, I guess decide you're going to be a front man in a band. Mick Jagger is one of those people that rank high up there. So I take that. Fantastic. Yeah. I appreciate that, DJ. It's a high praise there. Dude, that was awesome. I I, I, I couldn't be more happy. I, that was a great Saturday night to be out, and uh, it was a lot of fun. The show was a lot of fun. If you have a chance to see the – Fuck mob! Uh, yeah, go out there right. and do it. <laughs> Aaron Gabriel's agreed to sing a karaoke song. Which one are you gonna sing here, Aaron? Uh, let's go with uh, let's go with "Use Me" from Bill Withers. All right, we're gonna do some Bill Withers as we transition to Wade Phillips, who's gonna join us in less than ten minutes. Thanks for being here, DJ. Mm-hmm. Is we doing it now? All right. It's about to get sexy. My friend, Bill is there, I'll point you to that. They keep trying to tell me, baby, uh, that all you want to do is use me. Yeah, good God, but my answer. Well, to all that used mister uh-huh, uh-huh, I need to spread the news That it feels this good getting used Well, you just keep on using me <laughs> Woo! Until you use me up 
this until is awesome. you use me up. Oh, yeah. <laughs> All right. <laughs> well done. That's it. That's great stuff. Ah. I appreciate it. Thank you. Thank you. Oh, man. I, I think I'm going to concede that what you did was a lot better than what I did earlier today. I'm going to say that's better than whatever the hell this is, whether it's Cher, whether it's Frank Sinatra. It wasn't my finest work, if I'm being. I, I feel ashamed now. No, oh, it was fantastic. fantastic. I can feel something inside of me say. <laughs> is this going to be really a trick? don't think you're strong that, enough. That's not cool. That's not cool. Stop, stop, stop. That's not cool. It's not cool. He has the radio microphones working to his advantage. What do you have? You also have radio microphones. It looks microphones. like the identical oh, microphone. Oh, I know. But out there, it's not as good. Audio quality. The background the music. are all. Yeah, That's it's high right. ceilings. It's, it's rough. The sun was in my eyes. <laughs> the wind I, was blowing. My, my, my fingers, are, uh, they're all oily. <laughs> I got butter all over my hands. I've been eating popcorn. I, I might try to redeem myself. But then again, I don't think anybody wants that. I do. Go what for it, what would you sing? What would you want to sing? You got to get something in your wheelhouse. Some love- of the ones that people are sending in, just brutal. Like, hurt by Johnny Cash. <laughs> that would literally make me hurt. Right. <laughs> Tears in Heaven by Eric Clapton. Okay, let's not sing about that. Bye, 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 sync. I think that's a classy, trashy karaoke song. Uh, bon Jovi, Living on a Prayer. Okay. That could go back to your Greenville roots. Is that right? Yeah, living on a prayer, halfway there, halftime at ECU games. You've been there, you know. Oh, that's right. They do sing that song at ECU game. How long have you been away from there to not remember? That? I, I never really spent time in the stands. So uh, we were all sticking our phones out the windows to record everybody sing those at halftime. Okay. I think it was actually during the game. I don't think they did it at halftime. It was during the game, like right as the the we're halfway there. That's the whole point. Oh. That makes a lot more sense now. The most entertaining football coach the NFL's had the last few decades, Wade Phillips, who also has a new book out, who also might be one of the best defensive minds the game has ever seen, will join the show next on The Drive. Providing you with a kind of sports programming that makes some people laugh. (laughs) But most people just wince. You're on The Drive with Josh Graham. Ed Harden, the reigning North Carolina Sports Writer of the Year with the National Sports Media Association, now joins us from the Greensboro News and Record. Really enjoyed his story yesterday, documenting a sad headline, 77 years old, at 77 years old, Curly Neal passing away, one of Greensboro's greatest and an obvious Harlem Globetrotters, great. One of the five players to have his number retired. Ed, how do you best explain to the younger part of the audience how big a deal Curly and the Globetrotters were 40 years ago? They came into their own in the 60s in a time when this country was not having a lot of fun. And there was a lot of racial strife, a lot of protests, a lot of bad stuff going on in the South. 
And sports wasn't really seen as a way to help in any way. I mean, sports reflected America in every sense until the Globetrotters came along. And they were just happy guys spreading joy through basketball. The world had never seen anything like it. Plus, they were the most inventive and creative basketball players anybody had ever seen. And while they were entertainers, in one sense, they were wonderful basketball players. And Curly Neal was probably the best ball handler to ever live. And while some people saw him as just an entertainment act, those of us who knew sports came to know sports, realized just how great they were as athletes. But over time, we all understand that their greatest contribution was to mankind. In terms of Greensboro sports icons, how high up on the list does he rank? I mean, he's up there. I don't know where. I mean, he's got to be top five. You know, he might be the most important. I don't know. I can't imagine anybody who did more. Um, just from a pure athletic resume, you know, yeah, there, there are others that that did more. But from an ambassador, global influencing position, no, there was nobody bigger. Maybe not in this state. He's on Twitter, at Ed underscore Harden, the story. Curly Neal dazzled us all in Greensboro and around the globe. Tell me about what you outlined in the story, your conversations during a drive back from the North Carolina Sports Hall of Fame ceremony Curly Neal was being inducted into. Tell us about the drive back to the triad you shared with him. He told me stories of his boyhood and how he and his best friend Mudtap, who went on to join him for a, on a state championship basketball team at Dudley, became lifelong friends and how a typical day for them would be just to go find a basketball game where they would just literally dribble a basketball up and down the streets of East Greensboro until they ran across a basketball court, almost always outside. And it kept them out of trouble. It kept them together as, as a band of brothers. And, and in 1958, Dudley High School won a state championship in basketball, and it was those same band of brothers that met each other when they were little kids growing up, barefoot and bouncing basketballs. It's a wonderful story. Cam Newton, his tenure with the Panthers officially ended earlier this week. How do you think his tenure in this state is going to be best remembered? I mean, it's going to be remembered differently depending on your perspective. I mean, I, you know, those of us who, were, who saw it up close and personal saw it in all its glory and all its oddness. And, you know, it was, it was just a wild and fun nine years that from a football standpoint, they, they reached a pinnacle of sorts. They got to a Super Bowl, which is a remarkable thing. You know, a lot of people are, are just now looking at that roster closely and realizing how good he must have been because let's be honest, there was not much on that offense. It was just not that strong of an offense, but they had a player unlike anything we'd ever seen. And I don't think we're ever going to see anything like him. I just think he was a unique talent. And as we got to know him pretty well, he was a unique personality too. I think it's a void that won't be easily filled in Charlotte. I, I, I still don't, I still don't like the way they did it. it. It just doesn't feel right. And and they've done it to him at a time 
where it's going to be hard for him to catch on. Now, I'm, I'm assuming there are a couple of clubs that are really looking at him. Maybe, maybe New England is the one, but there are an awful lot of quarterbacks out there, both on the free agent market and coming into the game from college. This is the worst time of the world to be an uncertain quality quarterback with injuries and you know, a potential huge contract that you would have to sign to. Ed Harden's with us here from the Greensboro News and Record, the man who f- eventually figured out that Panthers offense in 2015. Wade Phillips joined us last hour. That interview's up. You can find it on SoundCloud, iTunes, Apple Podcasts, Google Play, wherever you stream podcasts. Just search The Drive with Josh Graham. Um, I'm interested in this this quarterback market we're seeing right now, this free agency period that we knew was going to be unprecedented. It was the closest we've seen the NFL come to the NBA where you have star players and quarterbacks uh, moving around, Tom Brady, Phillip Rivers most notably. But I think what you're hitting on, Cam Newton not finding a place right now, along with Jameis Winston, Joe Flacco, maybe Andy Dalton as well, it's speaking to supply being a lot there being a lot more supply than demand on the quarterback market I can't remember a time that ever happened and I started thinking about it I think quarterback has become easier than it's ever been because of college offenses it's become easier because of rule changes I think as well which has allowed players to have longer careers but I also think quarterback play is just better too how do you read it I think you're right I mean Cam Newton was the exact was the perfect example because he came to the league having never run any sort of offense with any complexity to it. And when he got to Carolina, they just let him run the Auburn offense, basically. And it was a, an option, read, read option that, that allowed the quarterback to make all the decisions almost at the line of scrimmage. And that's the way they've been playing their entire lives. So, yeah, you've got a, got a bunch of quarterbacks that are still yet to come that have grown up playing this freewheeling style of quarterback where you're just you're out there like you're at the playground. I mean, it is, there's no intricacy to the modern NFL offense. I don't care how smart the Kansas City Chiefs and the L.A. Rams and the, you know, the Bradys and yeah. And Belichick's like, you know, there, there, there are no geniuses in football. I mean, come on, they're football coaches. <laughs> what, what's... Now they have quarterbacks that can play better than they can coach, quite frankly. Yeah. What's the best fishing story you've had being in isolation the last few weeks? Well, the irony is, you know, since I live on a lake and can't really go anywhere, I go fishing every day. And I'm catching fish, and they are ready to be caught. The old things you look for in spring like when do the red buds bloom when you see the red bud trees bloom and the fish are on the move they're looking around for a place to spawn and then the next thing you're looking for is the dogwoods and when the dogwoods bloom the bass are biting and they're just starting to bud so i'm catching i'm catching 10 fish a day right now and i'm fishing a few hours at a time but they are out there buddy and they're schooling and they're active they're on the top you can catch them with anything so this is just the best time of year to be up fishing. So. I'm calling BS, Ed. There is a Ed, good size of the quarantine. Ed, I'm calling BS. Two weeks ago, you couldn't catch a fish. You're catching 10 a day. 10. That's how it happens. That's how it happens. They shut off. Man, it's going to be like 80 degrees the next three days. It's going to be heaven. I'm loving being home alone. All right, Ed. 
you're the absolute best and uh, appreciate you spending the time uh, the time enjoy the heaven of fishing on your lake it's it's appreciated that you spend the time thank you josh right. see you Aaron. yeah that's uh ed harden do you feel left out at all robert ed saying see ya to me see ya to aaron and just leaving you out there? Not at all. Me and Ed tell secrets about you before he gets on air, so I'll never tell you what Ed <laughs> says about you. Would you believe me if there is a crazier documentary out there than Tiger King right now? Because I think I watched one that might be crazier. That's relatively new. Is this a tease, or do you want us to interact with you? No, nah, you can interact. Okay, no, what is it? Because I really thought you were teasing for the next segment. I'm not. I think I think McMillian on HBO might be just as crazy, if not crazier. What's it about? I'm assuming McDonald's. It's about how the McDonald's uh, Monopoly game got rigged. How this this group of people figured out how to get game pieces, and everybody who was playing along had no shot at winning because this this family, much like the mob, they figured out how to get these pieces, and they distributed it to people that they wanted to distribute it to. So they were like, I think I remember hearing about this. There's like four or five pieces that were sought after for the Monopoly boards, right? Like the other ones were kind of common, and then there were the rare ones that weren't easily We're talking found. about... Half million dollar pieces, million dollar pieces, hundred thousand dollar pieces. Yeah. So how did they get a hold of those? Well, I don't want to spoil the documentary. Well, I'm not going to watch it. So just tell me. It's it's really good. I strongly suggest you watch it. And it's just crazy to me how you're really not going to tell me how they get these pieces. I'm not. McDonald's. I'm not going to watch this. Just I know, tell but me. people in the audience might be watching. What are they going to do? Stop listening because we spoiled McMillions? Please, just tell me what. I'm happened. just going to say. I'll tell you during the break. Okay. But McDonald's, the the part I find most interesting is if you're McDonald's and you're in the situation where you figure out that something's up with your game pieces, do you refuse to cooperate or do you cooperate? Because the PR disaster of it being uncovered. That's that's bad on its own right. But if it does get uncovered, you can't play the games anymore. And McDonald's, I don't think they really cared. Not to say they were culpable, but they didn't care that who whoever won. I don't think they cared because business went up 8% at McDonald's when these these uh these games were being played. These so, challenges are being played. So you're telling me this uh, Monopoly McDonald's Mafia, They uh, did they go to McDonald's with their demands? Like, hey, we've got your game. We know what's happening. Oh, no. It, it was a bit of an inside job. I'll say that. All right, so somebody that worked at McDonald's was getting these pieces. Yeah, well, kind of. Kind of. But it was the FBI who got tipped off, and then they presented to McDonald's what was happening, and McDonald's had a choice. Do we want to cooperate? With the FBI? Yes, okay. with the FBI. Now that they're aware of what's happening? Or do we just want to say, no, you guys figure it out, and we're going to put out all the stops here. We don't want to have this challenge uh, tainted if it doesn't have to be. Okay, I'm assuming they did not want to taint the challenge. They, they, they cooperated with the FBI. 
So what happened in the like in the last part of it, like the last ten minutes? Just <laughs> just give me that. I don't want to watch. I have to watch the new episode today. Our final Sports Hub Triad time machine is arguably the greatest moment in North Carolina sports history. I don't think that's hyperbolic to say. We will explore that next on The Drive. He was never voted most likely to succeed. You're such a loser. But then again, were you? The very concept is unimaginable. You're on The Drive with Josh Graham. CBS Sports Network just announced that they're going to be carrying more classic games. It was received very well last weekend on CBS. You had NC State in 83, North Carolina in 82, Michael Jordan hitting the shot, Duke and Christian Leitner beating Kentucky in 92. Then it was on Sunday, Kansas facing Memphis in that classic championship game in San Antonio over a decade ago. The big shot by Mario Chalmers in that game. Virginia, Texas Tech from a year ago. North Carolina, Villanova. We've, we've enjoyed the classic games, but also on the radio too. Westwood One, they've put together this package that we've carried the last week or so. And tonight, we're going to have the NC State game, how it sounded on radio in 1983. 8 o'clock tonight, you can listen to that. Right here on Sports Up Triad, NC State's win over Houston. I strongly suggest you do so. So you'll figure out how the actual broadcast sounded in 1983 to figure out what this radio show might have sounded like after the pack. Lorenzo Charles, Charles hitting the shot, Derek Wittenberg attempting one from half court to beat Houston. Well, we enter our Sports Hub time machine. Doesn't matter when you get here, just what time. Back it up, back it up. Let's go. What would it sound like if the drive with Josh Graham were here for some of the greatest moments in sports history? Today, we find out. Yeah! Let's fire up the Sports Hub time machine. Give it all you love it. Good day. I'm Bob McKenzie. This is my brother, Doug. How's it going, eh? Singer Karen Carpenter dies. And President Reagan declares Martin Luther King Jr.'s birthday a national holiday. 1983. Got it drive to the basket. It's down to seven seconds. You can see the time. Wittenberg on the long way. single day in every walk of life ordinary people do extraordinary things ordinary people accomplish extraordinary things NC State champions of college basketball Second time in a decade, Jim Valvano, he's still looking for people to hug. Robert, the only question I have today is this. Was that a shot or a pass by Derek Wittenberg? I don't think it matters, (laughs) you know? It counts for two. There you go. I don't know what Hakeem Olajuwon was doing. Maybe he didn't want to get called for goaltending. 
that's cool and all, but maybe box out Lorenzo Charles? Just a thought? NC State, they win it, and man, I can hear how mad people in Houston are wishing there was some sort of way to have officials look at the replay because there was easily a second and a half left to go. Like, but I'll say this. You might think if you're Houston, I want this last chance to win a game with a second and a half to go, but I don't think we're ever going to get to a place in sports where the ends of games are brutalized. They are just savage by going to the replay, uh, going to the instant replay to see what happens. I think that can ruin the end of ball games, and thank goodness we didn't have it yesterday as NC State pulled off the upset. You had everybody on the floor, everybody running around. That's the way sports needs to be. That's the way college basketball needs to be. Robert, I assumed you were locked into this game. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, I had to make sure I watched the first episode of Fraggle Rock. And you know I love Jim Henson. But yeah, I agree with you on the instant replay. Like, what's next? Next, we're just going to get robots to tell us whether... Uh, balls or strikes or balls in baseball. Yeah. Like we're gonna like have no human error whatsoever. Get out of here. Yeah. What are you gonna tell me next? Oh, every t- if you don't know something, you could just instantly search it in your pocket. Yeah, at the at the, at the end of your fingertip. Like, oh, is, yeah. was that a catch or a, a, a yeah. drop? Stop yeah. it. Yeah. Just let the boys play the game. Uh huh. That's what I'm saying. I see this this whack job, Steve Jobs. Yeah. More like Steve not going to have a job if you keep this up, buddy. More like Steve whack job. Oh, whack job. Yeah, we guy. say that stuff because it's the 80s. Apple? Why are we naming it Apple? Like what any does fruit. That even mean? You could pick any fruit you wanted. Apple. And it's Apple. <laughs> and it's, yeah, exactly. There's a bite taken out of it. Who wants that That's apple? Right. Who wants the apple? What kind, what kind of people come up with that name? What kind of people come up with that symbol? Steve Jobs. Yeah, you see where I'm at in 20 years, and you see where he's at in 20 years. Uh huh. We're 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 clearly going to be in a better spot. Hey, did you see these new contracts we got from work? Nah. Uh, it's like a dare contract. I don't know. It, it's going into schools, but now they're saying that uh, we're all going to get drug tested, and you have to sign this contract saying that we will not do drugs at home or on the premises. What's the name that said there on the corner of that contract? Who brought that into you? It is Don Curtis. That's what it says? Oh, yeah, Mr. Curtis. No, the name right next to that. Oh, that's... Christopher uh, Scott Graham? Yeah, 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 yeah. That's weird. Like, why did a police officer even bring that in? Like, what does it say that we need to do? What is D.A.R.E.? They brought that in here? I don't even know what D.A.R.E. stands for, to be completely honest. You don't know what D.A.R.E. stands for? I don't either. Who does? (laughs) D.A.R.E. I dare you to figure out what the name of this thing is. Oh, that'd be a good Nickelodeon show one day. Uh, it stands for Drug Abuse Resistance Education. How did you figure that out so quickly? Uh, I, I just kept reading on this piece of paper. Got it. It kind of just came up, and it was like, this is a new thing about... Uh, it sounds like a bunch of lame stuff. Out of asterisks. Yeah. <laughs> like, I'm not, I'm not doing this test. Is Jimmy V a better coach than Dean Smith? And Jimmy V, it took him three years to win a national title. It took Dean Smith about 20. He's definitely more handsome. Whoa. Okay, look. I, don't I didn't think, say that. I don't think, yeah, I did. I don't think it's out on a limb to say that. I, I think it's out on a limb. Dean Smith's got great hair. Jimmy V, I mean, he's got, he's younger. He's got the softer cheeks, though. I feel like he would, more caressing, you know? Right, right. If I were to kiss Somebody him. Somebody give Jimmy V a hug, okay? 
Robert, what's your mom doing? She is probably about to go hug Jimmy Valfano, honestly. <laughs> she didn't come home last night, so I have yeah, no clue yeah, where she's yes, at. Yes, Aaron. Uh, I got nothing, man. I'm just over here practicing my moonwalk. Did you see what Michael Jackson did two days ago? Oh, man, that was that was some it camera was crazy. tricks. He walked backwards, but gliding somehow. It was Whoa. insane. They, they put, like, soap on the ground Aaron, or something. I feel like you could do that. Like... Sure, I could. <laughs> give, give, give it a shot. I've been practicing for two days. Stand up. I want to see you try and do a moonwalk real quick. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I can do one too. Look. Ah, <laughs> 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 no, seriously, get up, Aaron. I want to see you try and do a moonwalk. I'm sliding. Like, wh- I'm glad. Why are you just? You're not gonna play along. <laughs> this is an audio format. Yeah, Josh. Yeah, why are you making can. visual jokes on an audio show? <laughs> I know. I just want to see if you can do. It. I can do the play-by-play. You going to watch Star Wars later? As if I'm Woody Durham or there something. Are so many movies out. Star Wars, awesome. I hear. That is the only one I am going to see, though. Oh man, I already saw a trailer for a movie coming out next year. Karate Kid. Mmm. Looks good. How old is the kid? I think he looks twelve. Mmm. It's too young for me. Actually, he's in high school, I think. I need to go back and watch the trailer. You better hope it comes on TV. Yeah. <laughs> I might I might try to watch it on uh, my VHS. That might be the plan here. Um, big win for NC State. Very happy for them. I mean, it's clearly a basketball power now. Two titles in the last 10 years. They're about to go on a run, man. I know it was a miracle run and all that, right? But, like, two titles in 10 years, it speaks for itself. North Carolina, where you at? Duke with Mike Krzyzewski. <laughs> How about you win a title? There's there's no doubt that NC State is setting themselves up to be the powerhouse of the ACC. I think they already are setting themselves. Man, I'd be stunned. I'd be stunned if they don't win three more national titles in the next 36 years. Three? Easy. Easy. That's low. That's not even a hot take. That's lowballing it. Yeah. Three over the next 36 years. That's the arbitrary number I'm going to come up with there. We we could be looking at the birth of one of the greatest college basketball programs ever. You know me. I'm a huge Baltimore Orioles fan. Coming up, why the Orioles, I got a hunch, they're going to take it home this year. This is the drive. I seriously want to see Aaron Moonwalk. I, I, you wanted to see it so bad. <laughs> like, he's just not doing it. Like, I don't know why. Why, why are you against this, Aaron? Uh, you can't moonwalk. Uh, no, I could probably moonwalk. I don't think you can. There's no probably you, to it. You wouldn't even be able to see his feet. He could li- look. Look, Josh, I'm going to moonwalk, okay? <laughs> yeah, Robert looks like he's moonwalking. <laughs> That's a good point. I can't see your feet. You're in a different room. It's a great point. Good moonwalk, Robert. Yeah, great. You got a top 10 list, top 10 cats. That's coming up in a little over 30 minutes. God, those kids. kids are rough. Send in those nominations on Twitter at Sports Up Triad for top 10 cats in honor of Tiger King and in honor as well of the Carolina Panthers. Parting ways with Cam and then re-signing Teddy Bridgewater. It's been cats all over the place, but mainly Tiger King. And everybody knows that Cam is one letter away from cat. Yes, that is true. Is Winnie going to be on this list? No. Really? Winnie's not on the top ten. Do you think she's going to be upset by hearing that? You know this is going to be no the There's no question. Of. 
There's no question. You couldn't even sneak her in like Winnie and the Pooh or Winnie. I might start thinking of things. All we do is Winnie. I'll uh, I'll think of some things. In the meantime, I watched the Dwayne Wade doc for the first time. Finally got around to that. You've been watching a lot of documentaries. I do. I watch a lot of documentaries. That's what I do. And later tonight, I'm going to do the same thing. Documentaries and books. and I mean, I'm probably going to prepare all of next week's shows this weekend. Nothing better to do. Nice. So we don't have to come into work. Heard. Fantastic. See y'all later. Josh Graham serves up the sports. The way Jose's Cantina serves up their gut buster burrito. Have a napkin ready, because it's going to be messy. You're on The Drive with Josh Graham. It is a Rhinestone Cowboy Friday. I've had a few people reach out to me last week and say, can they call in? prior to this segment and sing along with them. To that, I say absolutely. And I forgot about it this week, but next week, I'll make a note to try and remember it. I don't know why we sing Rhinestone Cowboy on Friday, heading into Take It to the House, but that's something we do. We've been doing a lot of singing today for some reason. If you missed Wade Phillips, if you missed Ed Harden, search The Drive with Josh Graham on iTunes, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Play. Got a lot of good stuff on the podcast today. Like a rhinestone cowboy Riding out on a horse in a star-spangled rodeo One more time. Like a rhinestone cowboy Just Robert. Getting cards and letters from people I don't even know Let's take it to the house. And voices coming over the phone. Past the 15, past the 10, past the 5 for the drive. We'll take it to the house. One, two, three. Yeah. Yeah. Just get on up and get down. Uh, if that didn't put a smile on your face, that would probably be my karaoke song. Honestly, if I got to pick one, it would either be that or Cisco's phone song. Yeah, I know. I, I don't know. I don't even really think about it. It would probably be some kind of ballad or something. I don't know. Maybe like a Queen song. But uh, speaking of things that lift your mood up a little bit, uh, how do you guys feel about waving at your neighbors? How do you feel about your neighbors in general? I'm a good neighbor. Like State Farm? I get to know... Khakis. I get to know my neighbor. Pretty good about it. However, I've noticed that... People know their neighbors more the farther they live apart from him, from them, strangely enough. Like, in suburban neighborhoods, you're less likely to know who your neighbor is compared to living out in the country where you know everybody in the next few miles. Have you noticed that to be true? Oh, for sure. My dad can tell you everybody that lives on his street all the way from stop sign to stop sign, all the way down, and then the roads off of those. He can right. tell you. But if you ask somebody more than likely who lives in the who lives in the suburbs, they they likely don't know who lives right next door to them or in an apartment complex. You probably yeah. don't even know. That was a weird thing for me. I'm I'm a 
a suburb transplant recently. Um, growing up, I used to know all my neighbors, and now I live in a, I guess, better neighborhood. I don't know any of these people. It's incredible. We don't speak nothing. Well, that's what the city of Fort Wayne wants you to do during this coronavirus outbreak. They want you to wave at your neighbors. Not uh, not go up to them, not shake their hands, but stand in your yards and wave at them because they're saying that uh, the, the positivity can make your quarantine seem less isolated if you see that other people are in it with you. So it, it kind of brings to my attention, like, when my dad was a kid, if you had a new neighbor, you would do the whole bring a pie over. Oh, that's right. And, and now, if, if somebody moves in, I don't want to hear from them. If somebody knocks on my door, I think it's the police. Like, who who else knocks on people's doors now if you're not expecting Me. somebody to come over? Me. But uh, you know what I'm saying? You don't just pop up at people's houses anymore. I won't say who, but I called someone earlier in the week. They responded with, you still make phone calls? That's how the conversation started. So it's the weekend. If you're still quarantining like you should be, give a gentle wave, maybe even a smile. Send a pen pal a letter. Maybe. Is this a church service? Lysol hey, it. How about you stand up and wave at the person next to you? Uh, God, what was that called? We'll start our service 60 seconds from that. now. The greeting? Yeah, it's like the salutation. Or uh, Yeah. Get out of your chair. Shake a hand. Dude, I used to shake the, the hell welcome. out of people's hands. They used to call it yeah. the welcome. When's the next time that's going to be acceptable? <laughs> it's going to be a minute. It's hey, go by and shake a hand. Or just uh, uh, shake a leg. Jesus help me. Protect me from the corona. From the rona. Fun stuff today. Everybody stay safe this weekend. And you can trust that we'll be back with more nonsense and sports on a Monday drive.